Well, I'm very honored to be standing here with you. It's been a while, and I'm, I'm very excited. Pastor asked if I would fill in for him today, and I'm excited, and I'm nervous, but I'm, I know it's exactly what the Lord wants me to do, and he's brought me a lot of confirmation, and about the, I had two different ways to go with my, with like what I felt like the Lord wanted me to share, and I got like three confirmations this last week, so I decided I would probably go with, uh, go with that one. Sound good? Oh my goodness. Well, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Tracy Hillis. I live here in Utopia, Texas. I've been here for 45 plus years, and this is my church, and I love it. Y'all love your church? And when we sing about the presence of God, you know, it's really hard for me just to not just, just stay back there and just soak it all up, because you can even come into this church when people aren't here and the presence of God dwells here. God is so good, and he's so faithful. So the message that I have, it's probably going to be all over the place. I have, I have pages of notes, but as I was just sitting before the Lord this morning, this isn't going to be a teaching. Most likely it's going to be more of an exhortation because that's the gift that I have on the inside is I'm an exhorter. And so that's usually what happens is I end up exhorting from experiences that I've had in my own life. So it's really been about two years since I've stood in any place of teaching or exhortation or anything. So uh, it just feels amazing to be out here and looking at your faces. So I'll tell you the story of how, how basically this all came about. I woke up one morning, it's been about six, eight, six or eight weeks ago, and I woke up and the first thing I heard was, Mary, Mary, quite contrary, how does your garden grow? And I was like, what? What is that? That's like a nursery rhyme, right? Like Mother Goose? But it, there wasn't anything else to it. And I was just like, what, Lord, what are you talking about? He's like, Mary, Mary, quite contrary, how does your garden grow? Okay, um, how does my garden grow? He's like, yeah, let's talk about your garden. I'm like, I don't have a garden, Lord. I don't garden. I have friends that garden, but I don't garden. I can I grow flowers, things like that, but I, I, we've tried our hand in gardening. I'm like, I'm not a gardener. He's like, that's not what I'm talking about. You know, you know, still a small voice of the Holy Spirit. He's like, that's not what I'm talking about. He's like, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about your heart. Your heart's my garden. Okay, this is going to get serious. <laughs> Let's talk about it. He said, there have been a lot of competing seeds in your garden that are competing for what I've told you. I've given you the seed of my word, and I've given you promises. And... You've listened to others, you've taken in other seeds, and they're competing for that, those promises. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. So we know in John 15, the word says that God is a gardener. Oh, get your Bibles out. Woo! I forgot. I was going to make a note of that to myself. Okay. Anyway, John 15, I don't know how much I'm, I'm just going to probably refer to some scriptures, but I'm not just, I just don't think I'm going to go line upon line like, like, that, but Psalms 92.13 says that those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. 
And so that means that we're here, that we're experiencing him in worship, and we're experiencing him in the word. And he, Jesus says that you're going to worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen? So we got the spirit, and when we have the truth of his word. And without his word, like Lord's song sings, it's like without his word, where would we be? Because this is the word, this is the seed, this is the garden right here. And if there's seed that you have allowed, and it could be the seed of other people's words that come against the promise in your life, it could be the seed of disappointment, it could be the seed of shame, it could be the seed of anxiety, guilt, the cares, the lies, you know we know the story about the, the four places of your heart, right? The cares of the world come and choke it out, or it's just, it just barely lands and then the devil comes immediately to steal, right? You don't even walk out the door and the devil comes immediately to steal the word that's sown. I'm not talking about the parable of the sword today, but we know the ground of our heart, that it's a different, there's a different status of our heart and where seed lands. And so today, I feel like as I'm speaking, more is going to be caught than taught. Like you're just going to go out and you're going to be talking to Jesus about your garden. Because what he really cares about is what are you doing with his promises for your life? And so I have a, I have a picture. Uh, would you show the picture of the... I have a couple of friends. And this is one of the confirmations that I received about talking about the garden. I was just um, at my nephew's party and I was having conversation about... I don't even know how we started talking about the, the garden. But anyway, so here's a beautiful garden. It's been uh, weeded and uh, taken care of and harvested. So it's a beautiful green lush garden. And then <clears throat> something happened um, and, the, and the person who had the garden couldn't tend it. So show, oh, you can show the other, you can show the other good one. And here's a friend who has her garden in the, what's it called? What are those things called? Anyway, yes, so anyway, she has those raised beds there, and she, she was growing her garden, and very excited, and had really great, great, great harvest out of it, because she tended her garden, but then something happened, like her kids started going to school. She got really busy with her kids, trying to get them all ready for school, and so go ahead and show the, this is what, this is what happened. She's like, I can't even get through it, I can't walk through it, it's terrible, um, and so I think she told me it took six weeks. It was only six weeks before her garden was completely like consumed by weeds. And so I just want you to know that, that the devil comes immediately and he wants to steal the word and the promises that God has spoken over your life. And if you're thinking, well, God hasn't spoken anything over my life, I, I dare to, what's it called? Like, I challenge you. Even if you can't, even if you think... I haven't really heard God speak to me about any of the promises. All of this right here is the seed. This is a bag of seed right here. And so even if you just go to Psalms, let's just go to Psalms 139. You all know it. Maybe some of you have memorized it. There's one scripture in here that totally jumped out at me, especially as I was contending for these promises that God had spoken over my life. Like, God had been speaking words over me. I have them all documented since like 1988, 
when we went to Tommy Birchfield's. I mean, I think that was the first one that I actually wrote down. And so I have a whole journal full of promises that God has given me personally. He's given them to me in freedom prayer. He's given them to me in my quiet time at home. He's given them to me through Brother Ivan. I mean, I have promises that bear witness with my spirit and what God has called me to do. But what happened was, is I let my shield of faith down and I let a word be spoken that I brought into my garden that totally devastated me. And I started uh, tending that seed, but it wasn't a flowering, beautiful, uh, fruitful plant as it was growing. It was getting uh, like a briar, and it was causing a lot of pain because it wasn't in line with God's promises for me, but it was trying to choke out this beautiful flourishing. You know, we will flourish in the house of our God, right? It was trying to choke out the flourishing person that I was supposed to be, but I took it. And so you know how just like these weeds, they just grew up six weeks. But to get that cleaned out, for me to take, for you to take time, for me to take time to look at that weed that I allowed to grow up and over my promise, it takes time. I mean, you think that you can just go in and just rip it out. It's gone. And I think maybe sometimes by the Holy Spirit, he can do that. But I've had several freedom prayers and the last one that I had was very effective, but it's, there's still something a little bit nagging there about it. And the Holy Spirit says, let's go to the root. So this is the one thing about weeding anything, is if you do not get the root, how fast does that plant come back? Just like that. So one of the things that we have at, at my house is I have those perennial plants that get really big, but every year you cut them back. And it, it terrifies me to do that because you cut them to the ground. But every single year that I've done that, probably, I don't know, five or six years now, I'll get real courageous and we'll go out there and take the loppers and we'll lop them all off to the ground because I have seen the faithfulness of that plant coming back every year stronger and stronger and stronger. And so, you know, the Bible says that our gardener is a pruner and that he will prune us, cut us back, because why? Then you become more fruitful. And so I really try to use these last two years for the Lord to show me something significant about how to move forward with this stuff that's been going on on the inside of me, that's been going on in my heart. And so... Of course, everything he always shows me, it's the word. So what do we want to grow? We want, we want to weed out the fear, the anger, the guilt, the shame, the cares, the lies. What we have to, to realize is that we give those permission to stay. So when, you're, when a fear thought comes to you, it's asking permission to, to be planted in your heart. But what does Jesus say? The word says, be anxious for nothing, which is fear, right? Be anxious for nothing. You guys know this scripture. It's a base scripture that you should all memorize. Be anxious for nothing, but with all prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So tonight, that's what we did. 
here's my request. And then when you do that, what happens? The peace of God that passes understanding. Okay, so I've got this understanding about this and what's supposed to happen and how it looks, but I've got this understanding, but it's not bringing me peace. But Jesus has a peace. When you give it to him, he has a peace that goes past the understanding, right? It's just like, I don't understand it, but I have peace, right? Have you guys experienced that? It's like, I don't understand it, Lord, but I gave it to you, and now I have peace. I'm not going to be anxious about it. Then the other scripture that he gave me that I have prayed over, okay, wait, wait, we're in Psalms 139, sorry. I'm going to go back here. So Psalms 139, the part that I want to show you is, he says, where can I go from your spirit? Verse 7, where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you're there. I, I read that so fast, and the Lord says, back it up, sister. And I'm like, okay, okay back, back up. He says, if I, talking about, it was David who's talking, he says, if I make my bed in hell, who made their bed? I made my bed in hell. But he was there. He's like, I want you to think about this. I want you to meditate on this for a second. We just read past it like it's like, oh, yeah, you made your bed in hell. It's like, no, I, I made my bed in hell. I lived two years of living in hell, basically, with the torment of thinking that I was disqualified from preaching God's word. That's basically was the bottom line of it all because of someone's words. I let someone's words sink into my heart, took root, and became this huge, gigantic weed that choked out the promises that God had for me. And I couldn't get, I couldn't get past it myself. I had to have freedom prayer. I love freedom prayer, and I think it's the most amazing gift that God's given us in our church. It's amazing. Um, but then over here where it says, uh, la, la, la. Yes, verse 14, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. What kind of seed is that? You're fearfully and wonderfully made. If we were just to walk in that one revelation, if we could just build, plant that seed in our heart, meditate on it, and let God show you how amazing you are. There's no one else like you. There's no one else like you. God needs you. You're part of his body. And he's like, if you aren't functioning, if you're held back, then guess what? The whole body is not functioning right. Just like any of y'all bunged up your big toe. I mean, it. how do you function? <laughs> or when you hurt yourself, any, any area of yourself, it's, it, you're affected. And so it's just like with the body of Christ. We were not put on earth to play solitaire. We are put on this earth to minister, to, to be ambassadors for Jesus to this hurting, broken world who does not know him. That's what we're called to do. Um, Colossians 2, this is a scripture that, um, that I prayed over me and my family. Uh, let's see if I can get there. 
And I'm reading on the New King James Version. Uh, I don't know why. I just really felt impressed to just to use it um, today. It was one of my oldest ones. Um, my mom gave it to me on my 30th birthday, and it's falling apart. But they say that Bibles that are falling apart belong to people who usually aren't. So I love my Bible, and it's falling apart, but I love it. Because um, you kind of know where stuff is in it, you know. <laughs> Colossians 2, verse 6, it says, As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. There's that thanksgiving word again, right? But being rooted and built up in him. So when your roots go deep into Jesus, then you're going to flourish and go up in Jesus. And people are going to see Jesus in you because you're rooted and built up in him. Um, so how do we develop the healthy plants? You know, Galatians 5, so good. I hope you guys have really been enjoying going through the plan. I kind of get stuck sometimes and just want to go back. So what we're doing is we're looking for fruit. So how do you, t the Bible says that you can know a fruit, you can know a tree by its fruit, right? So you know the fruit that we're looking for is found in Galatians 5, verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Well, mine says long-suffering. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the fruits that we're looking for. So we have to find the word that's going to give us the seed to plant in our heart so the fruit that comes forth is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You should just memorize that scripture. You should just get that down on the inside of you. It's like, Lord, how do I cultivate love? I want the garden of my heart to look like you, Jesus. I don't know if any of you ever saw the, the movie The Shack. It was kind of controversial, but... I read the book and then we watched the movie when it came out and it's, I recommend watching it because it's about a guy who goes through a really terrible, terrible tragedy, but he has an encounter with God and there's this garden in there. And I was thinking about this um, as, as I was going over my notes and I, I don't want to tell you anything about it, but there's a garden and he ends up being a significant part of it. And so, I don't know, how many of you have seen it? Okay, good. Anyway, it's really good. I recommend you watching it. Okay, let's see here. Um, so, in, if, let's just run to Jeremiah 17. What time is it? Am I doing good? 7.15, okay. I was, uh, this is the other confirmation that I got. One of my friends sent me a, a Bill Johnson video and he started talking, when I started watching it, he started talking about gardening. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is my, like my third confirmation. And one of the things that he said was that when the presence of God comes and waters us, it waters everything that's in our heart. So it's watering those competing seeds. That's why it's so important for us to ask the Lord, it's like, what is competing for the promise in my heart. Because he'll show you. And I think that you should just have a piece of paper when you write it down and just, just know that anytime guilt comes or fear, 
I think fear is one of the biggest ones because it has so many faces. Anxiety, worry, you know, all the little things. It's like little things, but it's fear. If you get to the root of it, it's fear. What am I afraid of? That's what I ask the Lord. It's like, what am I afraid of? What's, what am I afraid of? There's nothing to be afraid of. Maybe my love's not perfected because perfect love casts out fear. So maybe I need to work on my love. You know, receiving God's love so that I can love from a capacity that's beyond my physical self. You know, Romans 5.5 5 says that the love of God is shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Spirit. So you already have help. You don't even have to muster it. It's already there. But has it grown? It's a seed. How is it going to grow? Unless you use it, right? So this was, the, this was the thing, this is the one thing that he said out of the whole, out of his whole message that just struck me between the eyes. He said, there are times where the measure of faith, as compared to all the questions that you keep pondering and meditating on, fueling with the energy of your own soul, it's too big a battle when you actually have the faith of God himself, that when it's by itself is more than enough to move the mountain, but because you've allowed it to be planted with other competing things, you're in a war that he didn't create for you. And that's exactly what happened to me. I pondered and questioned and did all of those things instead of meditating on the promises that God gave me. So I had to go back. After my last freedom prayer, I went back and I got out my journal of all of the promises that God had given me, all the scriptures that he had given me, everything I'd prayed over my life, my family, my friends, just our businesses. And when you look back, you're like, wow, those seeds really took root and grew. But now, when God's trying to do a new thing, the devil comes immediately, doesn't he? When God wants to do something new and he wants to expand or stretch you or grow you more, the devil comes immediately to try to sow those tares in there, to sow those seeds that you're like, where did this come from? But the thing that we have is the Holy Spirit. He lives on the inside of us, and so he can be the one to say, hey, uh, bells and whistles going off right now. That's not me. That's not don't take the seed. Cast it out. How many of you can relate to what I'm talking about? How many of you have taken seeds that you knew did not belong to you? I think we all have. I think we all have for sure. So whatever, probably, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago, we used to meet, there was a group of women that would uh, meet. This is the Lord just reminded me of this the other day two days ago, and when we would pray together, God would give us our Bible names. So there was Deborah, and Hadassah, and Mary, and so the Lord gave me Mary. Because I, the scripture that I always stood on was, let it be to me according to your word, and blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. This is something that my husband sent me, oh my gosh, I don't know, probably 15 or 20 years ago. He was hunting in Colorado, and he 
texted me and he said, I was just out on the mountain just by myself looking for this. And he said, the Lord gave me the scripture. And it's like the fourth time that someone has given me this scripture that said, blessed is she who believed for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. So I just found this and I was, I was like, I'm planting this seed in my heart <laughs> because there's still so much to be fulfilled. Amen. I mean, until Jesus comes back, there's things for us to do. And so what I'm encouraging you to do is to get in his presence and ask him, let's do some weed eating. Because his word is good for weed eating, and it's also good for the miracle grow. Amen? He'll show you. He'll show you those words that um, you let stay a little bit too long. And then he has a way of helping you dig them out. But how many of you have weed eated a garden? Or weeded, not weed eated, Weeded a garden. Everybody? Everybody's had one? Yeah. So I was doing this with my plants the other day and reached down. And how many of you know it's easier to pull up weeds that are dry or weeds that are, have been watered? Weeds that have been watered? Yeah. So, so that's what I'm saying. Let the water of the word. He said that we're washed with the water of the word. Let the water of the word come in and soak your heart so that he can easily go in and say, that's not your seed. I don't want that growing in your heart. And if it's already there, it's gonna come up a lot easier in his presence than it would be if you're just out, just in his presence, right? In his presence is where he, all the good stuff happens. It's where he goes in and can cut it out and you don't even know it. But I think he wants you to be aware of what you have allowed to be cultivated in your heart because it's important to get rid of that and find out what is it, what are your promises to me, Jesus? And if you've laid all those on the back burner, I say pull them out, get those promises out, or go find them. Go find some new ones. It's full. This is a seed bin right here, and it's full of promises for you. I mean, God has so so much for you to take in and become a flourishing, beautiful, giving plant. Because that's what plants do, don't they? They give back out. Okay, I'm good. Father, thank you so much for your word. I'm so grateful. Without your word, Lord, where would we be? Without your word, Lord, where would we be? Father, I thank you for the word that goes into the good ground of our hearts and that it brings forth a great harvest. I ask for your anointing to go into the heart and to weed out whatever doesn't belong there, to make room for all of your precious promises. We thank you for your presence, and I thank you that we can find your presence anywhere, Lord. You said, even if I make my bed in hell, you are there. <laughs> You're always there. And we're so grateful. I thank you so much for this beautiful, beautiful company of people. They're going to take this word and they're going to take it out. And I just praise you. And thank you for the opportunity to share this story. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Okay, so what do we do now? Take up the offering? Hallelujah. I see people have offering envelopes. Okay. So I just encourage you to, 
to get in God's presence with your favorite song. Oh, that was the other thing. There's a song, I can't play it tonight, but a brand new song that just came out, and it's, uh, her name is Tasha Layton, and it says, look what you've done, so look it up. It's called Look What You've Done, and I'm not going to tell you what it says, but it confirmed my, uh, what the Lord shared with me tonight. It was so awesome. It was like, that was, that was like the icing on the cake. It's like, oh my gosh, did you hear that? I just heard that song. It's, it's, I think it's brand new, isn't it? Pretty much brand new. Father, thank you so much for the seed that's being sown tonight. I thank you that your hand is upon it. I thank you that you increase it, that you prosper it. I thank you that I thank you for these amazing, faithful people that everything their hand touches will prosper, that they're blessed in their lands. And I thank you that you bring increase to every single one of them and that they're going to see it and recognize it and give you all the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.